Welcome to this episode of Horrific History and Hauntings. I'm Beth. And I'm Ramey. We're your hosts, here to talk about the stories that the history books ignore. From horrific epidemics and ghostly hauntings to the catastrophes and tragic events that have sickened humanity. Yes, I know. We're doing this episode. Yeah. We're talking about haunted water. Yes. Let's start with the what happened this day in history. This is a continuation of last time, by the way. We, the last episode is about haunted water, so if you haven't heard it, you should probably go back. Yeah, Not haunted, haunted water, spooky and terrible things that happened in around water. Yeah. The list is endless, and we're just going to be a water podcast now. No, no. we're going to do other <laughs> things, too. You might as well say uh, tragedies that happen to humans that breathe air. Oh, I wish I was able to breathe underwater. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't be so afraid of snooba. Oh, God. <laughs> if, uh, if I was able to do that naturally on my own. Yeah. We are recording on February 3rd, 2024. On February 3rd, 1998, in the Italian Alps, a U.S. Marine jet severed a ski lift cable, which resulted in the crash of the tram and the loss of 20 lives. Well, that's rough. That's terrifying, too. Mm -hmm. A similar event occurred in 1976 when 42 people, including 15 kids, perished due to a snapped cable on a ski lift in the same region. I'm not hopping on no ski lifts. They love them in action movies, don't they? Mm, yes, they do. I have been on the one in Gatlinburg. Never, too. never been near it. I, I don't. I think it's Ober. Ober Gatlinburg, yes. Yeah. During the 1998 incident involving the U.S. Marine jet, the tram was carrying mostly German and Belgian passengers, and it plunged more than 250 feet to the ground. Forget that. No yeah. way. I'm terrified of heights. The pilot. Captain Richard J. Ashby and the navigator Captain Joseph Schwitzer faced scrutiny after destroying a recording of their flight, which, as they should, because you shouldn't have destroyed it. Why'd they do that? I'm going to hit that tram. Watch me go. We'll have to delete this. <laughs> oh. That is very sketchy. wonder what in the world they said. I don't know. But an investigation revealed the plane was flying at 360 feet which was far below the mandated minimum altitude of 2,000 feet. This sparked widespread anti-American protests in Italy, which prompted President Bill Clinton to issue apologies and promises of compensation. I do believe they did not delete that on their own, that they were ordered to do so because there was recordings that could not be let out to other governments. Yeah, it's a shady situation. So I can understand why it, these protests. Yeah, so yeah, compensate them, apologize. Yeah, it's real bad. Not as bad as accidentally dropping a nuke out of a crashing plane, like happened occasionally, but still. Yeah. Um, there is no price on life. Let's just not go through this. Yeah. Ashby and Schwitzer were charged with involuntary manslaughter and negligent homicide. Their defense argued that equipment malfunction and lack of accurate maps was the reason. This led to their acquittal in March 1999, but they still faced court-martial for obstruction of justice. And were dismissed from the Marines, as they should be. Now, maybe they didn't get ordered to release it. I, I, I don't know. In May 1999, the attempts to establish a compensation fund for victims in Congress failed. Italy later approved nearly $2 million per victim, with the U.S. held accountable for 75% of the damages under NATO regulations. That's perfectly fair. Yeah. That's all I found for that. Now... We're going into the second episode of Horrific Hydro Hellscapes. Ah. This time, we're going to start off with Dangerous and Deadly Hot Springs. I'd say those are numerous. Yeah. Quite a few. What is it, Yellowstone? <clears throat> yes. Uh, part of the Yellowstone is in here. 
Ah, you're not encouraged to actually get in those waters, but people fall into them about twice a year, I believe. Yeah, it's usually from what I read because they don't listen to the numerous signs saying stay on the path. Yeah, and then they get boiled. Yeah. I'm sorry. Champagne Pool is the first one up it's in New Zealand. I never heard of it. Neither had I until this. It's named for its continuous release of carbon dioxide, which creates bubbles that look like the bubbles that's in champagne. I like the name then. Yeah. The pool was created from a hydrothermal eruption, and the surface temperature averages around 165 degrees. The underlying geothermal water reaches about 500 degrees. Don't get in it. No. The pool poses dangers due to the presence of minerals containing arsenic sulfides as well. Ah, this is a death pit. Yeah. It's Baba Yaga's <laughs> and cauldron. And it has such a pretty name, too. These minerals contribute to the pool's captivating orange color border. The border of the pool if you look up pictures sadly this is a podcast so i can't really i guess i could find some pictures and post them on my pinterest but it's really pretty when you make so the, it would make you want to touch it when you make the tiktok for this add some photos on that yeah and then there's frying pan lake which is also in new zealand it's also called the devil's blowhole uh, sorry the devil's blowhole <laughs> you know a blowhole is from whales right yeah okay I, I know you're thinking something dirty, but that ain't what that is. I, I know. Uh, well, mostly I laugh every time I hear blowhole now because of the movie Norbit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched it recently, so I really like the pimps in it. Back into this, I'm going to not pronounce this correctly. It's Wamangu, W-A-I-M-A-N-G-U. Uh-huh. If it, you know how to pronounce that, I don't. Volcanic Rift Valley. Oh, I have no idea how to pronounce that bit. Yeah. It's a hydrothermal system created as a result of the volcanic eruption of Mount Tarawera. Wonderful. This happened in 1886, and it claimed the lives of over 100 people. So a lot of death around this frying pan lake from the get-go. It is a dangerous thing to have yourself a volcanic lake. Yeah. It maintains a scorching range of about 113 to 131 degrees Fahrenheit, and it spans about 400,000 square feet. It's considered to be one of the largest hot springs in the world. But you don't want to get in it. Probably not. It emits hydrogen sulfide and carbon dioxide. Then there's the Grand Prismatic Spring. This one's in Yellowstone National Park. It stands as the largest hot spring in the United States, the third largest worldwide. Ah, yes. We're at least on the top three. Yeah. Always nice. The vibrant oranges, yellows, and greens result from pigmented. <laughs> Is that funny to you? Pigmented. How do you say that? Pigmented? Pigmented. Pigmented. Pigmented bacteria thriving in mineral rich areas. The pristine blue co- center is clear water that is sterilized by the scorching 189 degree heat of the spring. Perfectly safe. Oh, yes. And causing severe burns and death. Safe. Uh-huh. Don't get near that. Yeah. No matter how pretty and colorful. What happens to those who decide to ignore all the warning signs and take a dip in one of Yellowstone's dangerous hot springs? Death? Well, first, the individuals who've experienced a dip into the Yellowstone hot springs emerge with peeling skin and eyes that have turned white and blinded by the intense heat. Initially, your body would recognize the scalding temperature of around 199 degrees Fahrenheit which causes intense pain for the limited time that your nervous system can register it, which is no more than a minute or so. 
And afterwards, all you got to worry about is the, if you get out, the terrible infection that you're going to suffer from the loss of all the skin. Which is probably going to get you. Yeah, that's what gets a lot of the people I've heard of get burnt, unfortunately. At this temperature, your skin would swiftly disintegrate. Blood vessels in the underlying dermis would rupture, and that leads to rapid blood loss. Some layers of the skin would turn leathery and blackened and lose all moisture. The fat below would bubble off, and this type of burn is called full thickness burn. It occurs in under a minute in the waters. I would love to visit these places, but I'm also terrified of like Yellowstone's massive volcano. Yeah. So it's another reason I don't want to go out west. It's things like that. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you. I'm kind of unlucky in general. So I feel like if I was the one person to visit this place, that's when it would happen. I would be the cause of it. Yeah. I mean, if that volcano goes off, it's unlikely we will survive even out here. Yeah. But um, just long-term ecological problems. Yeah, I was going to say, even after the the clouds and the weather and the no food. What was it? It was 2012, that movie. It showed off Uh all the terrible things that our environment could go through and has passed due for going through, I do believe. The extreme heat stress would likely shut down your organs mixed with irreversible damage to the nervous system causing more organ failure Mm -hmm. one way or the other your organs are probably screwed and these hot springs are extremely acidic so within a few hours your entire body would completely dissolve they found a foot a few years uh i can't remember it was a few years ago they found a foot floating in one of them but they knew about someone falling into it and they hadn't found him so they that was his foot that's all they had left of him. Yeah, the foot. Mm. I think it was because of the shoe that was on the foot. The shoe is what made it float up and not disintegrate as quickly, oh. maybe. There was something about the shoe. I don't remember much. I yeah. didn't actually put it in here, I don't believe, unless later on somewhere. At least they found it. Yeah. We're moving on to Japan. The Bloody Hill Pond. It's They have a more <laughs> unique name for theirs. <laughs> yeah. They're, the Japanese version I didn't even put in here because there is no possible way I would even get close to pronouncing it right. So if you're interested in looking at that up, you can look up Bloody Hell Pond and it'll tell you the Japanese word for it. It's off limits to people because it's high temperature measures at 194 degrees Fahrenheit and the water resembles blood due to a significant amount of iron oxide at its base. The pond's water color changes with the weather. On the sunny days, it turns to a orange-red color, and the cloudy weather deepens the reddish hue. Steam also rises from the surface. It's said that from a distance, it appears as though blood is boiling, hence how it probably got its name. Since 700 CE, according to Buddhist beliefs, Bloody Hill Pond resembled a nightmarish underworld. It also has a little bit of a horrific history. Its use was for torturing people and then boiling them until death. If you have it around, you might as well use it, I guess. I'm not sure how it was created or how it came to be. I couldn't find much about it. I'm pretty sure nature did it. Well, really? No, you said you weren't sure. Okay. Moving on to Marshall Islands, Bikini Atoll. Ah, I've heard of this place. It's the radioactive dome, the island with the radioactive dome filled with waste. Yeah. It's a remote ring of islands in the Pacific Ocean where its residents were forced into exile due to the U.S. atomic bomb testing from 1946 to 1958. After three decades, the people were allowed to return, but a dome, which they call the tomb, 
now holds nuclear waste from powerful Cold War-era bombs. Hydrogen bombs, I believe. The leaking dome is more of a risk due to the rising ocean levels, and the U.S. government admitted that a strong typhoon could easily destroy the dome containing the radioactive waste. That's probably not the best thing to happen. Mm. Not that it would ever happen, if you listen to our previous episode. During the 1954 nuclear test, residents on one of the islands experienced terror from a bright light and the shaking of the earth, and a white powder began falling a few hours after the bomb went off, which the kids thought was snow because they had never seen snow before. It was actually the toxic waste from the bomb. It's nuclear fallout is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what it is. It took the U.S. government days to evacuate the residents. It looks like they would have been monitoring which way the wind was blowing. They said that they were, but that it blew the other direction. I mean, that's the thing about wind. You just never know. (laughs) Yeah. But in one of the little documentaries I was watching about it, they said that they tried to monitor, but it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go. It went straight into these people. The impacts of years of testing in the Marshall Islands led to increased rates of thyroid and other cancers among the island's population. In the 1970s cleanup, if that's what you want to call it, The U.S. dumped the radioactive waste into a pit covered by a dome. The pit was a smaller crater from a bomb. I've seen that on a series called What on Earth, where they spy things from satellites and then try to figure out what they are. (laughs) And this is one of them. I knew what it was just by looking at it. During the construction of the dome, safety pretty much went out the window to save on money. The seawater is seeping into the dome through the permeable Yeah, that's right. What are you going to say about it, though? Permeable soil that they didn't bother to put a floor or any kind of covering over. If it seeps in, it's seeping right back out with a guest. Then the tons roll out. The radioactive isotopes roll out of the dome with the water and into the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody was having a big kerfuffle when Japan decided to start releasing the old reactor water from their... Yeah. Yeah. But nobody makes a peep about this. I'm sure they do. Oh, they do, but you just don't hear as much about it anymore. And I haven't heard anything about the wastewater either from Japan, so <laughs> it kind of just passes over. The soldiers who were assigned to clean up the waters in this documentary I watched said they were unaware of its radioactivity and they now face multiple health issues. That was an issue. We we didn't really explain a lot to our soldiers when yeah. they'd done this stuff. Yeah. I'm Th- pretty they're sure pretty pissed off. Uh, yeah. I would be upset if someone gave me cancer. Yeah. Without recognition by the U.S. government as atomic veterans, the cleanup crew, soldiers that cleaned it up, they don't have any special health coverage to help them pay the bills from these health issues that, from what some of them said, the government tries to insist is not from their cleaning up radioactive Sounds fanciful. Yeah, there's that. And despite various shared health problems among these 4,000 soldiers who attempted to clean up this waste, the government denies that their health issues are related to their work with the toxic waste. The soldiers that were interviewed in this documentary said that they were not given appropriate protective gear while working with the waste either. There was a lot of testing, unwitting on people back then. Yeah. The big concrete dome over the crater created by a smaller bomb filled with radioactive waste that is already leaking, and now they have to worry about the sea rising and destroying it. Once it's underwater, it'd be so hard to work on it, because if you open it to do anything to it, it's just going to spill out. Get out. Along with the climate causing stronger storms and the U.S. government admitting that it is possible a strong typhoon will destroy the big-ass dome holding a crapload of radioactive waste. 
sounds to me like they need to take some responsibility, clean up their messes like proper adults. Yeah, or at least try to. Yeah. I don't think there's any actually doing that anymore. But I was thinking while staying at a friend's house one time, they were expecting a few of their relatives to visit. And before they got to the house, her mother knocked on her bedroom door and said, They'll be here in a little bit. Go ahead and start shoving everything under the head. Oh, goodness. And I'm wondering if that's what the U.S. government told these 4,000 soldiers. Just go ahead and shove it under the bed. Sweep it under the rug. Just put it all under this hole. We'll buy a new rug. And it's going to be a fine rug, too. Best rug ever. (laughs) It'll never break. No. I feel bad for the people who are native to the place. Well, it's not even... Those tests deleted They're sinking. It's not even just that is going to cause even more of a problem. Yeah, they won't be living due there to the radioactivity long. waste and all that. But they're sinking as is. They're flooding. Yeah, the water levels are rising, and there's no saving that. I yeah. don't believe can't raise a whole island. That's it. Well, that was fun. It was a decent size episode. We'll have to get into more water issues later. I want to do more of a nuclear episode. There's a lot of things in the nuclear era mm-hmm. that we did that were sketchy. Uh, and not just to our enemies, to people who worked with us, like these poor soldiers here. You have anything else to say? Beware of hot tubs, or of beware of hot springs. Probably yeah. should beware of hot tubs too. Some of those can be kind of gross. Yeah, just yeah. be careful when you're around water in general. Yeah, or nuclear waste. Oh, maybe not be around nuclear waste if at all possible. If you like what you heard here, there'll be a link in the description or. Uh, it's our Linktree link, and it'll take you to all of our other websites, our socials. The first link in that list on the Linktree will be our podcast homepage. It'll show you all the podcasts that are part of the Grisom Gaming Group podcast network. There'll be this one, Brother Nurse Quest, it's where I tell Beth here about tabletop role-playing games, and a leveling duo where me and my friend Dakota talk about video games. Each of those will also have an option in the media player to uh, tip us if you want to do that just tip whichever podcast you like we'll do a shout out if you want to leave a message during the tip you don't have to if you don't want to we'd appreciate it go ahead and give us a review on whatever podcast app you use or like us and subscribe on youtube where we also put these podcasts up and do some streaming below the link tree link there will be in the description here there will be two emails one for beth and one for the Christmas gaming group in general and feel free to reach out to us if you want to reach out to beth directly do the horrific history and tauntings one if you want to reach out to all of us and give us some ideas or something, go ahead and find that one. It'll be the first of the emails. We are still working on the subscription model thing. So if you would like to subscribe and get in-depth episodes about certain things, we'll be working on that. And it's not going up yet, but they're coming. We're just telling people that they're coming. Beth, thank you for telling me about this. I have been Ramey. And I'm Beth. This has been HH&H. Bye-bye. <laughs>